You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. And uh, the title of the message tonight is God Called Him Faithful. The title of the message tonight is God Called Him Faithful. Uh, some people are going to know this, uh, but anyway... Can somebody tell me, a little trivia question, what were the names of the other men that were with Paul when they started the church there in Thessalonians, or when they began to preach in Thessalonians? Yes, Silvanus was one of them. Me and Chad had this conversation uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but so that's why I'm saying God called him faithful. Today we're going to preach a little bit about the other guy. Uh, you know, the other guys, the, uh, the, 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 the people that you don't hear about as much. Uh, and I'll, I'll read verse 1, and then I'll tell you, or I'll, I'll start to read verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 1. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I was reading this, and I was, I was actually ready. I had a whole deal ready to go on chapter 1. But I'll, I'll, I'll go back and read the chapter, the passage I'm preaching. I'll read it and read it and read it and just, you know, try to make sure that I'm getting everything and, and just really kind of soaking it in. And yesterday morning when I sat down to read this chapter again with already a couple pages of chapter one ready to go or pretty close to ready to go, I turned to chapter one and I started reading and I read Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus. And I just stopped right there and said, wait a second. I've heard of Paul, and I've heard of Timotheus, but who is Silvanus? I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is, but he's all of a sudden being mentioned here, the second person to be mentioned. Anybody know who Silvanus is? That's right. He made light bulbs. Uh, that, that was his son. He carried his name. He was a Max Silvanus, um, but, but Silvanus, and so I stopped and looked up and tried to figure out who is this guy, and when I figured out who the guy was, I'm telling you, it's an awesome thing because God brought this message to my heart, to my mind, to emphasize something I believe is really important tonight. And to me, it's really cool because it honors this man, Sylvanus, also. It honors that person that's willing to be the second guy, the other guy, the person that's willing to labor and not be as recognized. So we're going to look tonight at a man whom God called faithful. So when we think about the example, and and I was really trying to bring this in, the the thing I was struggling with on the title of Treyu was I was thinking about the theme of this man Silvanus, but then I was trying to tie it in with the theme of Thessalonians of the last days. Because I believe that if there's anything where it ties in, that if there's anything that, we, that we're going to continue to need in these last days, we're going to need some men like Sylvanus. And we're going to need some women that have the character and the spirit of Sylvanus tonight. I'm going to start using his other name really soon because it's a lot more familiar name. Uh, but we're, we, we need that today in order to continue. So we go back to the first century to learn about a man that can help us and get, provide an example for us here in the 21st century. And his name is Silvanus. Now, the reason that you're not as familiar with his name, Silvanus, is the same reason that if you didn't know Peter so well, you may not be real familiar with his name, Simon. 
And if we were to talk about Saul of Tarsus, a lot of people may not know that we're talking about the Apostle Paul, you know, before he got saved. But what you find out is that with Silvanus, Silvanus is basically the Gentile rendering of the name Silas. So that guy we know, right? We know Silas a little bit. Uh, because if I say you know Silas, I felt like that rung more bells than Silvanus. But what do you know or what can you tell me about uh, Silas? What stands out about Silas in your mind when you say, yep, know the guy? Or is it just I heard of the guy? What comes to mind? I heard in the prison with Paul, sang with Paul. Did anybody say anything besides that? Uh, yeah, he, he, was in, in the, he was in the Philippians. He was in the uh, Philippian jail with the Apostle Paul. He was beaten with the Apostle Paul. And Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises at midnight. And that is something really, uh, probably the most notable thing in the scripture that we know that, uh, that he did or that he seemed to be really tied in on. So if you'll let me, what I want to try to do is go back and introduce you a little bit to this man's life. And uh, I got this to Atreyu you late. Did you, were you able to get these verses, Atreyu, that I sent you? Oh, I, I emailed them to you. I should have texted you that I emailed you. Um, so you'll just have to follow along or whatever. But I'm going to start with it the very first time that we read about this man called uh, uh, Silvanus or Silas is in Acts chapter 15, verse 22. Um, Acts 15, verse 22. And I'm just going to give these to you quickly because I got a lot. If you want to mark these down. But the Bible, when, when, when we're introduced to this man, well, man, just trees right on it. But what we find out is that, that he was a chief man. He was chief among, um, let me see, uh, there we go, Judas, surnamed uh, Barsabas and Silas, chief men among the brethren. So what we find out that he was a chief man among the brethren. He was a very important part of the church there in Jerusalem. In fact, he was, he was such an important part that this is one of the guys that, if you'll remember, when Peter, uh, it, God revealed to Peter about Gentiles being able to come and be a part of the church. Because if, if you'll study, you'll find out that there was a contention. The Jews knew that Jesus, okay, cool, we're doing this church thing now. But basically, they still thought it was a Jewish thing. And they still thought you needed, before you could become a Christian, you first needed to become circumcised. Uh, like the Jews were. And you needed to observe those Jewish laws before you could become a, 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 a Christian or a member of the church. But, this, he would, but Silas would have been one of the men that when they come to appeal to and talk to and say, hey, guys, this is not the case. But he would have been a chief man that would have been one to uh, be a part of the conversation about how will the church proceed. And that's just an amazing thing, by the way, when you study and think about what was hanging in the balance there that day uh, when they had that meeting at the Council of Jerusalem. But uh, Silas was a part of those. He was a chief man. In verse 27 of Acts 15, not only was he a chief man, but he was a chosen man. He was a man that was trusted and he was sent. Uh, notice this. It says, We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall tell you the same things by mouth. And so, what's tell you what same things? But basically, now Silas is going out and telling all the Jews and the Gentiles alike, hey, uh, it, it is, it's, it's totally by grace through faith. You don't have to convert to Judaism to become a Christian. You, convert, you, can, you, can, you become a Christian by grace through faith and putting your faith in Christ. 
So he was uh, sent and trusted. He was a man that went with this. Now, I started off saying he was a chief man. The very first thing we read about him is he was a chief man. He was an important man. Yet, when you look at verse 27, number one, he was willing to go. He was sent out of the church to go share a message. And in verse 32 of Acts 15, he was sent to Antioch with the message of peace. And uh, let's just look at that. And Judas and Silas being among being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and confirmed them. So here we find out that he was a prophet. Now, one of the things to understand about a New Testament prophet, especially, there's some truth to this about the Old Testament prophets, but many of the New Testament prophets were more in the line of a, being a foreteller more than a foreteller. Because if you'll remember, especially when Thessalonians was penned, when we get to the book of Thessalonians, this was, we're going to read one of the very first books penned in the New Testament here in the book of Thessalonians. Um, so the, the, the New Testament wasn't completed. So many of the New Testament prophets were basically foretelling. In other words, they were preaching the truths that would later be found that we can all read now in the New Testament, which, by the way, is why we don't need prophets today because we have a completed Bible. We have the completed canon. But he was a prophet. But I love this. He was, a, he was an important man, yet he was a servant. He went out to Antioch. He went out and was sent out of the church. This means that he must have been chosen and he must have been willing to go and to serve. And, uh, and I just think that's a powerful thing because that's one of the things that we're going to see about him. He was a relevant man. He was a chief man, but he was willing to serve. All right? And then... Uh, not only that, just a couple other things we read about him. So Judas and Silas, not Judas Iscariot, but another Judas, they were the ones that were spreading this message. Judas went back to Jerusalem, but in Acts 15, 34, Silas decided to stay there at Antioch. Now, if you'll remember, there was a, uh, there was a big argument between Paul and Barnabas, and so when they divided, in verse, chapter 15, verse 40, Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. So now, all of a sudden, this man Silas, he was, a, he was an important... And so I just imagine him. He was a chief man in the church. He was kind of a decision maker. He was, he was on the board, if you will, of the church. That's what he did. He was a chief man. He was an important man. I, w- I would I would assume he's an educated man. I would, I would assume he's a man of some means. I could be wrong on all of that, but he was a man that was established in the church. That's what he did. That's what he was. But all of a sudden, he's willing to say, you know what? If, if there's a need, I'm willing to go out and tell people what needs to be done. I'm willing to leave this position in this local church and go out and begin to exhort people, tell people, spread the message about the gospel. And then all of a sudden, he runs, and I can't help but imagine, he gets to Antioch, and he, he's already heard about Paul. Now he's seeing Paul. And so when Judas was ready to go back uh, to Jerusalem and take up his position in the church, which probably that's where God wanted him to be. But for Silas, man, there was something there where he just couldn't go home. He's like, he stayed there. He tarried there. Because God knew that the time was coming that he was going to be called on by the Apostle Paul to go with, uh, with uh, him through this. Now, he was faithful. Now, this is what we remember about him. He was faithful. He was Paul's companion in the prison and stripes at Philippi and in the troubles at Thessalonica. He went through all this. And I love this 
because in Acts 16, 19, I didn't put that reference, I just got the reference, not the verse in my notes, so let's see what that says. And when her master saw that the hope of her, their gain was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. And if you keep on reading through there, you'll find out that they were, they were beaten, they were put into prison, they were in all kinds of trouble. Uh, now, <laughs> you know, you just, I, just try, I try my best to imagine things in real life terms, right? This isn't just black ink on white paper. And these aren't just stories that we just share and pass down through the generations. This is stuff that really happened. So this is a dude that left a, you know, a prestigious role in his church at Jerusalem, kind of the church that was kind of going on at that time. He left that to go out and spread a message. Next thing you know, he gets enlisted by Paul. He must have been thinking, man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be cool. We're going to do great things for God. Well, before long, he's getting beat. And he's being whipped. And he's being thrown into prison. Now, any, has there been anybody else in here? Man, I, I know that our persecutions aren't to the level of being beaten and whipped and thrown into prison. But has anybody else got excited about serving God before? Got excited about what God's doing in your life before? And thought, I'm in. I am in. I am going to serve. I'm going to be faithful. And we may, you may not end up getting a physical lashing, but I'm telling you, it's not long before you get a spiritual lashing. I've known people, I've known people that have said, I've known people that have said, man, I don't want to get close to God anymore. I don't want to surrender to God anymore because every time I do, things start going bad. <laughs> Anybody ever been like that or, or been in a place like that? What I'm just simply trying to tell you is that uh, I, I wonder if Barnabas is like, what did I get myself into here? Now, we don't know. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was all in. But at the same time, it's kind of like, my goodness. My chief position at the church in Jerusalem was a little bit nicer than, than what I'm going through right now locked up in prison. But here's the point that I love about this man. He was faithful. And that's, that's what we're going to see here about this man. The last words ever recorded about this man that we're going to see, but it's just the drive of my message, the last words, the epitaph, that thing that's written on the tombstone, so to speak. What was the last thing said about uh, Silas? We're going to find out. It's that he's faithful. He was faithful. And he stood with Paul. It's easy to stand with God. It's easy to stand with the church when everything is going good. When everything's exciting. It's easy to do that. But what about when all of a sudden things aren't going so good and things get rough and, and life gets hard and all that? I'm telling you, not everybody stays around. And you talk about breaking a pastor's heart, by the way. Uh, and not only just breaking a pastor's heart, breaking the church's heart, right? You hate seeing people begin to fall away uh, and get out. And it, it's, a, it's a heartbreaking thing. And, and you talk about the, the thing that I want to be real careful here because I, uh, I don't want to try to, I'm not, I'm not trying to garner any sympathy or anything like that. But like literally, this is my life. And you know, so I'm, th I'm trying to think about the Apostle Paul. I'm not the Apostle Paul, okay? And I understand that. The Apostle Paul had committed his life to this. Uh, and when you commit your life to something, this isn't just something I do a couple days a week. You know, I come, I preach, I do the thing, and then I go do the others. I mean, literally, uh, I mean, we're here. We, we moved here because our heart's here. Every, it, this is it. And so what do you do? You give your heart to people. You give your time to people. You try to give yourself to people. Man, 
And it just, it just breaks your heart when people are just like, nah, I'm good. You know, I can leave, I can depart. And, uh, but, but, that, but, but thank God for people, because here, here's what I'm saying. Because as, as the days grow closer, and I don't know, I don't know what's going on. I said grow, that's, a, that's grow and draw mixed together. Amen, new word, uh, patent that. But as the days grow closer to the Lord's return, I'm telling you, I don't believe it's going to get any easier. Now, that being said, I'm not saying that we won't have times of refreshing. All right, uh, but uh, anyhow, that said it was full. But Paul did not want um, uh, Mark to come back. But my point is, and so, so we're, I'm not being judgmental about anybody that gets out. My heart breaks over people that get out. Uh, and I want to do everything I possibly can to help people. Uh, that, here, here's the hard thing. You know, we, we, there was somebody mentioned in prayer request today. It just breaks your heart. Those, that, those of us that remember this person, it breaks your heart because you're like, man, I remember what God was doing in that individual's life. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, but then that now we're uh, praying for her. She's not doing so well or whatever that was shared. But so, he, so as a pastor, here's where I stand. I see people that have just fallen away and they're no longer living that abundant life. And, and they're, they're letting, uh, I mean, the, the, the thief has come in and he's, he's stealing, he's killing, he's destroying. But not only that, uh, but then I see people that seem like they're on their way in that direction. And you try to warn and you try to stop. But my point is, is that Silas was a faithful companion. He stayed with during the troubles. He stayed during the hard times. Uh, he didn't stay just in the glory. He stayed in the reproach. Um, I like what the Bible says in Proverbs seventeen seventeen: A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Acts 16.25, the Bible says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. And so when things got tough, man, it, I'm glad Paul had Silas there to pray with him and sing with him and praise God. See, again, I'm just trying to emphasize the importance of how God called him faithful. I'm trying to emphasize the importance for you and I to stay faithful to the Lord and continue to walk with God, to be a blessing one to another. Because Silas is somebody that we don't think of that often. But I'm telling you, uh, Paul was not a superhuman individual. I just told you one of his flaws earlier. Uh, I mean, he, he was a man just like any other man. And you start reading, you can read a lot about the Apostle Paul. You start finding out some struggles that he had. You find out that the Apostle Paul was fearful many times. You find out that Paul wanted to die many times. There's times that he wanted to die rather than go on living. That doesn't sound like a mighty saint of God, does it? But he did. Uh, 
So he, he was a man that had, but thank God he had Silas there. Amen. He had Silas. And I'm just saying that in our estimation, we don't always understand and estimate the faithfulness uh, of people the way that God does. And I'm glad God keeps a record. Many flee at the sign, sign of trouble, much like the apostles did. But if you miss the suffering in the cross, you'll miss the glory of the resurrection. I, I can't help but think about that. I think about, man, I want to stay with it. Uh, you know, how about in your marriage? You know, I'm, we're, we're talking about church. We're talking about, but what about like in your marriage? Uh, I don't know if you've been married enough, long enough now for your marriage to get hard. Uh, or difficult or challenging. Getting close maybe, maybe not. But, uh, but if you have or if you haven't, I'll tell you this. Man, uh, stay, stick through the tough times. Because better times are coming. Amen. And you're awfully glad that you didn't do nothing stupid uh, or say nothing stupid or say nothing stupider than you did say, uh, you know, or whatever uh, the question, whatever the, the, the deal may be. There's just things in life to where stay with it. Don't quit. Don't give up. And uh, but it's the same way when you're living for God, when, when, you, when you're being a part of a local church, just stay with it. It's not always it's not always exciting. It's not always fun. It's not always like, wow, this is incredible. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Um, but you just stay faithful. Amen. And we encourage one another because it's not just about I, I mentioned myself earlier, but it's not just about encouraging me. Uh, even though it is an encouragement to me, people who faithfully walk with the Lord and are trying to, um, you know, but, but it's a blessing to each other. Uh, faithfulness, uh, it, it, you know, it's something that encourages one of those. So he was faithful. In Acts chapter 17, verse 15, Paul went to Athens. Uh, Silas stayed in Berea. And I, I'll just, I'm just going to give you a little bit of history here. So Paul, if you'll remember, uh, they left Thessalonian. They, they, they left Thessalonica because they were being persecuted. But to just pause right there a second because we wouldn't think much of Paul in our modern day, I don't think. You stand until you die. Paul said, no, I'm getting out of here. I got more people to preach to. I'm not dying today. Funny, huh? Uh, you know, but that's what he did. Uh, I got more people to preach to. I'm leaving. And that's what he did. That's what, and Silas went with him, and so did Timothy. But Silas and Timothy stayed. Then they went down to Berea, uh, and then Paul left Berea. Uh, Silas and Timothy stayed in Berea. Paul asked Timothy and Silas, will you come down to Athens? When he was in Athens... Uh, Silas didn't go to Athens. He stayed in Berea. Timothy went to Berea. And then by the time Paul got to Corinth, when he left Athens, I'm just giving you a quick history here. When, when he got to Corinth, that's when Silas joined him again. And that's where, while Paul was in Corinth, that's where First and Second Thessalonians were written. And then that uh, Silas then would have been one of those that would help carry these letters. Uh, matter of fact, while he was in Corinth, we find something else out about Silas. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse uh, number 19. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 19. The Bible says, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus. So Silvanus was one of the ones that was preaching there at Corinth. So he was a part of the evangelistic ministry in that tough town of Corinth. Now, uh, then the last words that we read about uh, Silvanus, about Silas, and, and that's what I want to just share the last few moments, thinking about a couple points to make out of that, because we don't hear his name again until 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12. And that's where Peter is writing about Silvanus. 
And he says, Silvanus, a faithful brother. Matter of fact, I'll just read it because it's right there. Uh, Unto you, as I suppose, I have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace wherein you stand. Uh, So this is Silvanus, Silas, now being mentioned by the Apostle Peter. Uh, I was having, there's some discrepancy when it comes to Bible timelines on certain things, but some, several of the timelines I was looking, looking at had 1 Peter being written uh, after Paul's death. Um, but now here he is, regardless of whatever's happened, but now he's with Peter. He was with Paul, now here he is with Peter. And so just a couple observations I want to make about Silas, and he was called faithful. Number one, the worth and importance of service. I've told you already, he was a chief man. And I'm thankful for, I believe that we have some chief men and women in this church. I mean, but yet, they're willing to serve. And I think about, I think about Silas, I could be wrong, but in the Bible, when, when it gives an order of names, it's always there for a reason. For instance, like when the Bible says the Bible sent out Judas and Silas, that meant for whatever reason Judas was considered more important than Silas. And maybe he was. But just for the sake of you know, conversation, uh, I think that Silas was a man that obviously went on to do great things for God. We never hear much about Judas again. But imagine the fact that he was still willing to serve and be subordinate to Judas. And then to Paul. Now, he, his name comes before Timothy's name. Some, some believe that's because Timothy's age. But regardless, the, the, the worth and importance of service. In other words, he didn't mind being in Paul's shadow. He did not mind that his name did not get recognized. He didn't mind that his work was not recognized. Um, he, he couldn't write, perhaps he couldn't write like Peter. It wasn't his job to do that. But he could carry one of Peter's letters. But, and, and that's what we read there in that verse. Um, I mean, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty two, Nay, much more those members of the body which seem more feeble are necessary. Silas recognized the enormity of a small part. In other words, he recognized what was really big about doing something really small. And I believe small things add up. You know, Jesus said, Jesus said that uh, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. I mean, little things matter. Little things add up. Picking up a piece of paper out of the floor adds up and it matters. That's something small, but it matters. Uh, you, you know, it could just be the smallest thing ever. Uh, it could really just be that you say it shouldn't matter, but I, I talk about the, the church preaching the gospel. The gospel is preached from the pulpit. The gospel is hopefully shared by, by you. But then in addition to that, we want, to have a, we want our building to, to, to preach. That We want the ministries. Everything we do here ought to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, it ought to be preaching uh, something inviting, something welcoming. It ought to always be, we care. This is important. Because if you walk in and it doesn't look important, there's something small that could really just turn someone off. And you say maybe that shouldn't be the case. But, but my point is just simply uh, picking a piece of paper is a, a very small example. But there's other things that matter. There's other things that are important. Uh, there's other things that, you know, like I've said before. And, and you know what's tough about preaching stuff like this? Number one, I'm preaching it on a Wednesday night. Number two is sometimes you'll start preaching and trying to challenge people, you know. Hey, if you see something that needs to be done, do it. 
You know, you, you know, I've shared with you, you ever, you ever like that? You know, well, somebody ought to do this. I don't know. Why don't somebody do that? You know, I, I heard about a church where I was, church I was preaching at down in North Carolina, and, and uh, it was just one of these little things. And we got little things like this probably around here too. But uh, somebody ought to put a doorstop on that door. They had a door in a Sunday school room that every time it would open up, it would just like bang into the wall, bang into the wall, bang into the wall. Somebody ought to, I don't know why somebody don't put a doorstop on that. Right? Uh, and you kind of get what I'm saying. It's like, well, put a doorstop on there. Uh, it's not that hard. Or, uh, preacher, I think we need a doorstop, you know, because we know that the reason that, the, that they chose the deacons out in the first place is so that the preachers could do the studying of the word and figuring out doorstops, right? Uh, that was the whole point of, of getting people, other people that would serve in the church. But, but, I'm just, here, but you know what the danger is of saying that? Uh, you get the people that are already doing that just doing more. Right, uh, and it's like, uh, and, uh, but uh, but but you know, may may all of us be willing to chip in and do those things. But again, I'm I'm preaching to the choir a little bit here tonight. Uh, that's a manner of speaking. Don't y'all start singing, most of us. But um, I'm just teasing. But anyway, uh, the worth and importance of service. Um, just a couple of quick little things I'll try to mention here. A uh, couple is in two pages, but I'm not preaching it. I promise you, Derek reacted there. Um, God, God honors faithful service. First um, Samuel thirty verse twenty four. Uh, we see a principle here as as is the part as his part that is that goeth down to battle. So his shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall they shall part alike. In other words, what God does, there's not small things. Really, there's not small ministries. There's not there's not small churches. Now there may be small in number. You may have a ministry that doesn't seem as, maybe as in people in, 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 a part of, or maybe it doesn't seem as vital, but there's no small ministries. It's all, all big. It all matters. And, and God rewards it that way. And, uh, and so, so I love that principle. And then, uh, then secondly, and just quickly on this, a couple things that we learned. Faithful even if nobody notices. Faithful even if nobody notices. I don't know what Silas was doing for those years between Paul and Peter. But I'm pretty certain he was working. You want to know something about the Lord? It's, it's an interesting thing when you study. You'll see it in the Old Testament a lot of times. And it's just you see it in life. You can see it every day. You know who God was usually would usually call to do something? People that were doing something. Elijah was, Elisha was plowing. Elijah said, come on. You know, Moses was out working in the field. Moses, I got a job for you. You don't find God going into somebody's bedroom at 11 o'clock in the morning, shaking them up out of bed and saying, I got something for you to do. That was at, four, that was at 1 in the morning. Uh, but he was on his job, though, wasn't he? Smart Alec. Uh, he was on his but he was doing his job. He wasn't sleeping in, I promise you that. Uh, the, the point is, is God usually calls people to do something that are doing something. And I say that because some people are just like, well, I'd like to do something. Okay. Well, do something. Right? Uh, and, then, and then some people, they want to, you know, it's like, you know, well, preacher, I'd, you've, you've never called on me. It's like, dude, I had not seen you at church in a month. What are you talking about? Uh, why am I going to ask you to do something? Uh, you know what I mean? It's just like uh, crazy how that goes. But anyway, um, faithful even if nobody notices. But look, this is cool. Whatever, there's things that we do that people may forget about, but here's the thing. God remembers. Always remember that. One of the big points, God called him faithful, 
Other people may not recognize. Other people may not remember. This guy forgets like nobody's business up here, right? Um, Other people may not remember, but God remembers. And he rewards. So let us keep on noticed or unnoticed. It doesn't matter which it is. If I'm noticed, great. It's, some of us like getting recognition. We, we like being recognized for what we do. I'm not saying I've got to be recognized for everything we do, but I think there's human nature for many of us that want to be, hey, that was nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. By the way, that doesn't cost a thing to say thank you, does it? We could preach about free things, you know, uh, sometime. It doesn't cost a thing to say thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Silas so patiently and persistently plugged away at his obscure task during all these years, which have been swallowed up in oblivion. They, they, but that alone preaches a, servant, uh, a sermon to all of us. Silas shows that unnoticed work is noticed. Have you done unnoticed work? No, you haven't because it's been noticed. God's taken a record. Have you, done, have you done some unrecorded service? Didn't log the hours? God did. Silas did no work that Jesus Christ did not see, and he did no work that Jesus Christ wouldn't remember, and it's the same thing with us. And then lastly, the last words recorded about him, they're in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 12 again, Silvanus, a faithful brother. How do you want to be remembered? God called him faithful. How do you want to be remembered? Here's an example of us, of a character which can, we can all learn from and see and we can earn. How do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as a great genius, a wise philosopher, an eloquent preacher, a statesman, an athlete? All that stuff passes away so quickly. You know what I want to be known for? A faithful brother. That'd be good enough, amen? How about you, a faithful sister, a faithful brother, uh, for God to say that, because who's saying it? It's one thing for somebody, somebody else to call me faithful, but when Jesus calls you faithful, that's something, isn't it? And, and other people may say, I'm a genius, or I'm a great philosopher. I'm just joking, nobody says that, uh, by the way. But, uh, but that, people can say, what they, I'm a great athlete. People can say what they want to say this uh, that's hilarious. But people don't say those things about me. But even if they did, it wouldn't matter. But you know what matters? God calling me faithful because he knows. And man, if I could be called faithful, that's what I want to be called. God called him faithful, a faithful brother. Uh, everything else we do is going to eventually drop out of sight. But our faithfulness to God is what's going, what's going to matter. Think about the word faithfulness. And I think I'll uh, just end there. Uh, Think about the word faithfulness. It, it, it kind of can have two meanings, can it? Because obviously you just look at it. Uh, it means to be full of faith. Full of faith. Because if you're full of faith, guess what's going to happen? You're going to keep on keeping on. If, 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 you, if, you, if, you, if you know there's a God and uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You're going to be full of faith. Therefore, you're going to be faithful. And here's the thing about faithfulness. Here's the thing about faithfulness. I talked about things being free. You know what? It don't cost anything. Well, it might cost a little bit. It don't cost all that much to be faithful, really. And you don't have to be able to, you don't have to be all that good at something if you just show up. Amen. Just show up. Just say, I'll be a part. I'll, I'll give it a hand. Man, uh, uh, I, I thank the Lord. You know, uh, I think maybe... I thank the Lord. I'm not saying I'm the most faithful person in the world. I guess you're either you're faithful or you're not. But I'm telling you, um, one of the things I did try to get in my heart early on as a Christian is I, I, I can be faithful. 
Can't sing very well, may, may, may not be able to preach very well, may not be able to do a lot of things well, but one thing I can do, I can be faithful. Amen. I could just try to serve the Lord, get in the Word every day. Um, and man, so what will your epitaph read? I don't know, but I hope that one day God can say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. God called him faithful. So uh, that's it. <laughs>